I think everyone in this country needs to be educated, both students and adults, that we have that responsibility to be active citizens and uh, to confront hatred and to confront the violations of our democracy. And in that way, it can be preserved and protected. And that's my hope. That's Irene Butter, Holocaust survivor and a professor at the University of Michigan, recounting part of her story. She was just three years old when Hitler came to power and the persecution of the Jews in Germany began. Through her story of endurance, loss, survival and hope, she wants people to better understand their responsibilities today, especially after the insurrection at the US Capitol earlier this month by violent extremists and work towards a common future in a world where anti-Semitism and hatred is on the rise. Living in the United States since December 1945, she spent years sounding the alarm over how vulnerable democracy is by sharing her story. Today, anti-Semitism is resurgent in many places around the world. As the number of Holocaust survivors diminishes every year, white supremacists and neo-Nazis intensify their efforts to deny, distort and rewrite history, including of the Holocaust. Speaking at the virtual ceremony marking the International Day of Commemoration in memory of the victims of the Holocaust, UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres highlighted the importance of taking a stand against anti-Semitism. I'm Anna Carmo, and for this edition of our Ladies On podcast from UN News, we'll hear from a range of voices who all came together to mark the day online. They say the lessons of the Holocaust have rarely been more important to pass on to younger generations today. One of the main influences was Elie Wiesel, because he was on the forefront of Holocaust survivors, and he encouraged them to provide testimony and to be witnesses. I once heard him speak on the radio, and he said, if you were in the camps, if you smelled the air, and heard the silence of the dead, then it's your duty to be a witness. After 40 years, Irene Butter was finally able to speak about her life and how she and her family survived the Holocaust. Since then, she assumed the duty of being a witness and to tell her story. In conversation with CNN's chief international correspondent, Clarissa Ward, Irene Butter and her granddaughter, Shirin Nassar, spoke about the importance of providing testimony and what that means in today's world, including how, for Miss Butter, the U.S. had seen for itself what she describes as echoes of the Holocaust on 6th January in Washington. She says it was an attempted coup. Well, mine is a story of a Jewish child growing up during the Holocaust in Nazi occupied Europe. I was born in Berlin in 1930. Hitler came to power when I was three years old and gradually the persecution of the Jews developed. Now my grandfather owned a bank in Berlin and my father was a partner and the bank was taken away from him and so my father was unemployed and he went to Amsterdam to look for employment and also to try to escape Hitler. 
The family moved to Amsterdam in 1937, but after two years, the Nazis invaded Holland, and Holland became a Nazi-occupied country, and persecution of the Jews escalated. We were deported to two concentration camps, first a German concentration camp in Holland, and then to Bergen-Belsen in Germany, because my father had managed to apply for Ecuadorian passports, thinking that that might save our lives. So Bergen-Belsen had an exchange camp where people were meant to be exchanged eventually. After one year of horrible conditions, my family barely survived, but we had the fortune of being included in a prisoner exchange program um, administered by the Nazis um, because of these Ecuadorian passports. But then, sadly, my father died on the train to Switzerland. And when we arrived in Switzerland, my mother and my brother were hospitalized immediately. Since I was not as sick as they were, I was separated as a 14-year-old and sent to a refugee camp in Algiers in North Africa. The war had not yet ended. And uh, for several months, there was no communication. But eventually, I, I stayed in this camp for almost one year and arrived in America, December 1945. I was separated from my mother and my brother for 18 months before we were reunited in New York to start a new life. And Shireen, when did you first learn about your grandmother's extraordinary story? And what was it like to grow up knowing and understanding and having this unique window onto history? So I actually heard about her story at a very, very young age. I think my mom told me this story originally. And I remember being terrified, especially as a little girl knowing that something so horrible could happen in our world and, you know, somebody from my own family. It was difficult. It was very difficult. And I think it's difficult for me to, um, until this day, to be honest. But, you know, I, I grew up in Israel, actually. And um, Holocaust Remembrance Day is a very big day back home in Israel. Each year, uh, you know, everything is shut down. There is uh, a, a minute within that day that the whole country stops and stands up in remembrance of the people who suffered in the Holocaust. And you can see in the highways, even the cars stop and people stand out of, of the cars and, and really think about these people that survived. And to me, I feel very, very fortunate to have uh, a grandmother that is so, so strong that has survived something like this. And I have learned so much from her. And what an extraordinary privilege that is. I know that for you, Dr. Butter, it took a long time before you were able to talk about your experiences uh, from when you first arrived in the U.S. What allowed you or what prompted you to take on a more public role in, in discussing what you went through? Well, I would say one of the main influences was Elie Wiesel, because he was on the forefront of Holocaust survivors. 
and he encouraged them to provide testimony and to be witnesses. He considered that to be a duty. I once heard him speak on the radio and he said, if you were in the camps, if you smelled the air and heard the silence of the dead, then it's your duty to be a witness and to tell the story. 40 years for me to start speaking about it, I took it very seriously and started giving talks in schools, and I have done that ever since. You talk about the importance of hope. You talk about the importance of speaking out. What do you want the younger generation, Shireen and Shireen's friends, to, to take away from the horrors that you went through? Well, I think we learned something. There are, again, echoes of the Holocaust. And on January 6th, we saw it in our own country when there was an attempted coup and um, rioting in Washington, D.C. And some of the rioters wore Nazi symbols and used Nazi slogans. So it's right back here. And I think we learned from it. I think we learned that democracy is vulnerable and we cannot take anything for granted. But it is up to us, to the people, to preserve and um, protect our democratic institutions and our constitution. And so I think um, everyone in this country needs to be educated, both students and adults, that we have that responsibility to be active citizens and uh, to confront hatred and to confront um, the violations of our democracy. And in that way, it can be preserved and protected. And that's my hope, never to be a bystander and that every person can make a difference in uh, keeping this a democratic country and not to let it be turned over to authoritarianism. This year is the first time that the commemoration program has been jointly organized by the UN's Department of Global Communications and UNESCO, also in partnership with the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Focusing on the measures taken in the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust to begin the process of recovery and reconstitution of individuals, community and systems of justice, this year's theme highlights how survivors are helping confront today's worrying resurgence of hate and intolerance. Honoring the memory of the 6 million Jews and the Roma and Sinti systematically murdered in the Holocaust by the Nazis and their racist collaborators, long-standing German Chancellor Angela Merkel highlighted the everlasting responsibility of her country, which birthed the Nazis to commemorate the victims. What happened there, and in many other places, where atrocities were committed during the National Socialist period is and remains beyond belief. I am deeply ashamed of the Shoah, of that betrayal of all civilized values perpetrated under the National Socialist regime. It is and remains Germany's everlasting responsibility to remember these events and to commemorate the victims, the European Jews, the Sinti and Roma, the political prisoners and members of the intelligentsia in Poland, the prisoners of war from the Soviet Union and other countries, 
the resistance fighters, the homosexuals, the people with disabilities, and countless other men, women, and children who were humiliated, persecuted, tortured, and murdered. We must never forget these people and their fates. Audrey Azoulay, Director General of UNESCO, also spoke to the agency's aim and mission in supporting Holocaust research, commemoration and education. The United Nations and UNESCO were built on the ashes of the Second World War so that the international community could prevent these horrors from ever being repeated. Speaking not only on their actions to address anti-Semitism in schools, Ms. Azoulay listed new partnerships, resources and ways of making content more accessible. But we're also addressing governments to fight all attempts to deny or distort facts, falsify the past or excuse the inexcusable. With the European Commission, we have launched a campaign to debunk online hate speech and conspiracy theories, particularly anti-Semitic statements. In partnership with the United Nations, the University of Oxford, and the World Jewish Congress, we have launched a global study to map the sources and channels of Holocaust distortion and denial on social media and help educators respond to it more effectively. In his speech, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said that after decades in the shadows, neo-Nazis and their ideas are gaining currency and even a kind of respectability. In some countries, their messages and ideology can be heard in some debates between mainstream political parties. In others, they have infiltrated police and state security services. Together, we must urgently strengthen our joint efforts against the danger they pose. That's it from this edition of our Ladies On podcast from UN News. Our thanks go to all of the UN staff, especially the Holocaust and the United Nations Outreach Programs team, and everyone who came together to mark another day of Holocaust remembrance, but most of all to the dwindling band of survivors who continue speaking out to bear witness and tell their stories in the hope that history will not repeat itself. I'm Anna Carmo. Thanks for listening.